Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello, it's Danny here and I just wanted to thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers To Me and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week I badger Charles to play Name That Bench every single time or to talk about Sam Hoskins' goal at Tramier for the whole hour, meaning editing is a lot more challenging than squeezing Richard Hope into an all-time Cobblers 11. That's why we set up our own Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's around four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, back to the pod. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. It is the day after the night before, <laughs> and we've all made it apart from Neil, who stepped on a hedgehog and hasn't been seen since. Wasn't it attacked by a hedgehog <laughs> at this point? <laughs> He's putting the bins out and he got attacked by his hedgehog. By his hedgehog, by a hedgehog, were his exact words. Oh, it's just brilliant. There's Danny. Danny's made it here. How are you feeling, mate? You okay? Absolutely knackered, Charles. (laughs) As you know, we were up till, what, half one last night? This is um, half... I was was online until 2am. Yeah, 
you carried the flag right to the end of our impromptu <laughs> late night because we we didn't really imagine ourselves doing it. But then after the game, we all just like we really wanted to talk about it. So we're like, oh, post match yeah. Facebook Live, yeah, go on, let's 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 do it. <laughs> <laughs> and because obviously everyone's at home, it made sense. And there's a lot of people wanted to join us. And we just kept going and going and going. And it was pretty awesome. I mean, what a night. I love the night. way that literally we just sort of, after after we'd all had a bit of, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was jumping up and down, yeah. running around the living room, you know, proper like t-shirt over my head moment. Klinsman diving onto the sofa, uh, you name it. I, I did the celebration. It was a bit like David Buchanan scoring at Rochdale. Um, <laughs> and literally, we all just turned around to each other on the WhatsApp group and just went, pod? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Chessie? How are you feeling? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you were at work this morning. I left my house at, like, just after six this morning. Oh, gosh, I'm shattered. But um, worth every minute of it, I think. I, j- I, I can't really oh, even man. see at the moment. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> the only thing I can see, I'm looking out my dining room window and I can see that gorgeous-looking cobbler's flag flying high in the sky. And that is enough for me. At this point, I'm deliriously tired, I think, Charles. Yeah, I, th- I think we all are, in fairness. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I don't really know where to start. <laughs> It was just the most ridiculous of games, wasn't it? I've never seen us play like that this season. We've just we were just unstoppable. I don't think we. It was ridiculous. I don't think we played like that for many a season. Uh, honestly, it's it's wilder standard um, in terms of the energy and the effort and the just the overpoweringness of us. That it's it's not been seen since then. I've, I've I've definitely not seen us play that well since 2016. Not even close. No, I, I, I the thing was, I, I mean, I know we did, we did our preview show live on Facebook beforehand, which went really well as well. Thank you very much for joining us. If you managed to, um, considering that there was no build up at all on Sky because of the fact that. Uh, the other semi-final went to extra time, didn't it? Um, Exeter and Colchester. Um, there wasn't any build-up to our game whatsoever, apart from a couple of... Well, it was just the Keith Curl and Michael Duff interviews, weren't they? Um, that they put together. Um, and, and that was it. So the only real place to get any proper, full-on you know, preview build-up was, was our Facebook Live, which I thought went really well. So thanks very much for joining us. Um, it, it was great to have you there. I mean, even on that, we, I, I know we were quite positive and I think we even had the conversation, didn't we, that, you know, it, it's building up towards kickoff. So the optimism is starting to come back. But I, I still didn't expect that to happen. I, I think before the game, we were sort of going, yes, we were getting more optimistic as, as the closer it got to kickoff. But, I still half expected us to win just 1-0 and not make it to Wembley. I mean, I was utterly gobsmacked, I mean, through the whole entire game. But as you got further and further through it, it it was almost even more surreal watching it. Because like Danny mm. said, we, we've never seen them play that, that we've never seen that that set of players play like that ever. They played out their skins and we've never seen um, anything like that from from a Northampton Town team since Wilder, and actually, 
I was thinking about it on the way home and I think Danny is right. It, it was very Wilder-esque. However, the urgency and the 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 manner in which we, we went about it was almost... I can't recall a single game ever being a Cobblers fan that, that it was quite like that. It was just relentless from minute one to minute 97 as it were how they got seven minutes of injury time i have no <laughs> idea i mean that was agony but it, it, it was wasn't yeah, it? yeah but but the thing the weird thing is as well that before the game it was like, oh do you know what we've probably not got this so let's just relax and watch it and it's the weirdest thing to say that in a playoff semi-final until obviously the obvious, you know, six or seven minutes before 90 minutes, you're always under the cosh, aren't you? But actually, I would say for a good 83, 84 minutes, I actually really thoroughly enjoyed watching that that game and didn't worry about watching that game because it was just a joy to watch. Every single player, yeah, every player put everything onto that and they just left their heart on the pitch and that is everything and more I expect of, of a player. That was it, though, wasn't it? It was the fact that it was actually enjoyable to watch. I mean, I, I'm used to watching the cobblers through, you know, sort of fingers, you know, up against my eyes, and 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 you know, chewing through my fingernails, and just constantly not being able to sit still because I'm so nervous, and I'm you know up and down every time we have a chance, or when when the opposition have a chance, or whatever. And you know, for the first sort of five minutes, I, I think I think the easiest way to describe it is that I started off. So um, the kickoff whistle, what's that called? Kickoff. <laughs> kick <off. laughs> yeah, kickoff. Well, no, I was thinking to myself, you say the final whistle, don't you? So it's the first whistle. That's completely. So from from kickoff, the moment the referee, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so tired. Um, but but from kickoff, I was sat on my sofa. I was I was back in my seat, you know. I was sort of quite relaxed. I think I even had my legs crossed, you know. I was just there, had a beer next to me, and I was just going to sit there and watch a football match. After the first five minutes, I just I just suddenly found myself on the edge of my seat, leaning forward, closer, <laughs> trying to get closer to the telly and closer to the action, and I literally stayed there until the drinks break. Which which was needed as for for different kind of breaks. Um, <laughs> was it you, Danny, that said you'd been waiting, yeah, holding yeah, it, yeah. In, waiting for that drink break? <laughs> I just I just felt so old because I'm like all these matches now. You watch one on TV and you think, oh, just come on, come on, need that drinks break now so I can go to the toilet. <laughs> just completely showing my age, but um, I I got nervous as soon as Vidane scored because up until that point you're thinking, you know. Like I was exactly the same as you, Charles. Just sat back, just relaxing, just enjoying what what I thought was going to be our last game of the season. Um, as soon as the Dane scored, there's something, <laughs> there's something on it, and you think, oh, yeah, they're, they're giving us something to grab onto, and that's like, and if you don't win the match, that's sometimes worse than just getting hammered. <laughs> like sometimes you just yeah, prefer totally to agree. get hammered five nil than to win the game one nil and come so close. But it just felt every bit of momentum was with us from that first goal and. Once they gave us that bit of hope, I just did not sit down for the whole 90 minutes. I think you're right as well, Danny. It was that bit of hope I actually said to Dawn um, 
when that first goal went in, I was like, Dawn, why do they give us so much hope? Because there was still quite a lot of me, like 90% of me that was like, oh, we're, we're still going out. But I was like, why have they given us this hope so early on? And then obviously it just <laughs> it went, carried on and carried on and carried on and it turned into what we all know it was. But it 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 was the most ridiculous thing because I, I don't think anybody expected Maybe, okay, some of the optimistic amongst us would have said, oh, we'll do it. I don't think anyone expected us to do it like that. My dad sent me a message today, and I just, part of me wanted to just tell him to go away. (laughs) But he basically just put on here saying, um, I put, I still can't believe we won. This was at 10 to 5 uh, on, on, on what day is it? Tuesday. Yeah, Um, it is Tuesday. And he replied, oh, ye of, yeah, yeah. I've been like that all day, daddy. Um, and he replied, oh, ye of little faith. And I was just like, I've come off of it. Only a very small group of eternal optimists ever thought that we'd overturn that first leg. And he just put, but that very small group included me. <laughs> I just thought, oh, go away. It was the way that first leg went, though, as well, wasn't it? it the, the fact that they were so much better than us in that first leg that mm. it gave you... Surely no one could have actually predicted that we're going to turn that around because there was such a high level above us. And you thought that we're going back there. They haven't. They've got all these stats about their defence. That the what they conceded seventeen at home all season or something. And they're the second yeah, second like um, best defence in the whole country behind Liverpool. Um, no one's ever overturned a. Don't know. Well, two is it two teams actually? Three, two yeah, teams before covered a two nil yeah. deficit from the first leg. All these stats start to get thrown up, and you're thinking that's just. You know, I, I'd li- I like yeah. to be the one that says, yeah, we're going to win 3-0, we're going to win 3-1. I predicted a 3-1 I'd win. I'd love it. But I'd love it if we beat Yeah, exactly. Them. But in the back of your mind, you think, <laughs> you never expect it, especially with us. And like even right to the end, yeah. like, I, I was expecting them to get one and take it to extra time. But, oh, man. Spe- special shout out to all the, the real pessimists <laughs> who, have, who have now turned around and are now just having to justify why they're so pessimistic. <laughs> um, to, in fairness, I, I'll, I'll say this. So uh, I saw a great little tweet from Ian Townsend um, where he was basically saying, look, I hold my hands up. You know, I, I didn't think that this would happen kind of thing. Um, and, and he was saying essentially, but, you know, come on, as if any of us could have predicted that that was going to happen. We've not seen this squad do that in that sort of, have that sort of game all season for a full 90 minutes. And I, and I, I do agree with him. And I see his point. His point is that, you know, regardless of, of the fact that it's happened, nobody could have seen that that was going to come based on what we've watched all season. And what we've watched all season, in his point, uh, you know, in, in Ian's opinion, is dross and isn't entertaining for him. And that is absolutely fine. But, I did see a couple of other people who I won't name because I don't think that's very fair, but I saw a couple of other posts on, on social media where people were just basically turning around and saying, yeah, but it's still been a rubbish season. <laughs> and you just like that going, it's not even been 24 hours. No. Just enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy it. You you have to, as a Cobblers fan, I learned very quickly, um, mainly because we were rubbish, but I learned very quickly that um, you have to absolutely drink in every single bit of, of nights like last night because actually we could be sat here now absolutely reveling in the fact that we've just at, 
like slaughtered Cheltenham in the playoff semi-finals. We could go and lose 5-0 to Exeter next week at Wembley with a massive crash back down to earth. Frankly, I couldn't care less at this moment in time because we have to enjoy and savour these ridiculous moments because we do get a very quick and very difficult reality checks as Cobblies fans. And I think we're fully entitled to revel in this completely just for a, a couple of days. And I'm quite happy <laughs> yeah, to. Right. You, I know we talked a lot on the, the, the after-match show. Is that what we're calling it? Post-match, Post-match. impromptu, <laughs> job on Facebook Live <laughs> thing. Um, I mean, literally the first thing we did, we, we were talking about who our man of the match were. Chessie, you've already said that, you know, everyone to a man was just exceptional. But is there one man that you can pick out? Me, personally? Yeah. Oh, I wonder who that could be, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It begins with an A. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Alan. No, at, do you know what? Actually, um, I think he did boss it in midfield, Alan McCormack. I think he really did hold that midfield beautifully together. I mean, we had a midfield, which was quite exceptional. Um, but I do think that it would be quite harsh and unfair to single one person out because that t- I mean, Michael Harriman, what a game he had. I mean, what was he doing up, up there, doing by the way? <laughs> exactly. It was another one of those moments. I mean, he, he was just running and running and running. But then you had Hoskins who bought the shape. You had Vidane who just won. I think he won all but one header the whole match. I mean, Morton, frankly, is a magician. You, the list goes on and on and on. It just every single player didn't, knew what they were doing. And under, I know Keith Curl goes on about this all the time, but the roles and responsibilities, they knew what they were doing and they were set up for it and it worked perfectly. So I think it's it would be so harsh to pick one out. But I mean, Alan is my favourite human ever on the planet at the moment. So I mean, I have to say Alan McCormack. Keith, uh, Keith Curl said that he showed the players the um, Arsenal-Liverpool documentary from 1989, um, where Arsenal had to beat Liverpool 2-0 to claim the first division title. Um, There's also... This wasn't official from what I can see, but there were people saying that he also showed the wins that we had against Liverpool and the um, 1998 playoff semi-final um, Bristol Rovers game. Um, I mean, can can you sort of see that that's had an impact, Danny? Do you, do you do you think actually what if you'd have watched that beforehand, would that have made you go out and be a better player? Yeah, I think it's psychological, isn't it? As well as I think I, I can kind of see where Welkel was getting at with that one because Liverpool just didn't concede goals at home. That was one of the big things at that point. They didn't lose games at home. They definitely didn't concede two goals at home. And Arsenal needed to go and beat them by a two-goal margin. It was exactly what we needed to do. It was up against a team that also don't usually concede many goals at home. Don't concede many goals at all. So I, I do get where Cole was coming from with that. And I, I mean, it's got to inspire him, hasn't it? I mean, and he's got his ways about him, Keith Cole, and. He's got ways about him that you you only hear about afterwards. That I think he does a lot of that kind of thing that we don't hear about, and because the, the players seem to really respond to him, um, and you know, 
you know, I'm not going to come out and say bad things about him, but I do think he's got these little subtle ways about him that we just don't hear of. And that's another masterstroke from him. Mm. It, it was a, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say that was um, a masterstroke from don't Keith Carl, but don't say it. Just leave <laughs> but it. It was <laughs> Carl Ball. Uh, it's before the match. <laughs> I think. I don't think, call it that. I think it's very important to give credit where it's due. Like Danny said, I think Keith Curl uh, did an excellent job with whatever he did, how on earth he got those players uh, doing what they did yesterday. I, I will never know. And frankly, I think it's just outstanding, but I think regardless of what happens on Monday and the realist in me, you know, we've got a shot, but we've all, you know, it's, the playoffs finals is effectively a lottery and even more so at the moment. But I think as a manager and the recognition he needs for what he's done with this squad during this, and we've talked about this before, during this this global pandemic and everything and the mentality that he set up and then to go one step further and be able to turn around a deficit in such a manner just shows us as fans what Curl's all about and a bit like what Danny was saying in terms of his ability to to really do some of those subtle things that help players along the way. Now, I actually was thinking about it on, on the way to work this morning. I was thinking all sorts of things on the way to work because I'd had four hours sleep. But but I actually thought to myself, do you know what? I wonder whether losing 2-0 was probably the best thing that happened to that group of players because mentally... They are a very strong unit and they are characters and the recruitment of players that Keith Curl brought in this season, regardless of whether we go up or not, but for the job that he has done and and what we were able to do last night is exceptional. And mm. I think it's down to what he brings as a manager to this club. This is his Anfield moment, isn't it? This is his moment in Cobblers history that won't be taken away. It's his Bristol Rovers, it's his Anfield. And I do think we should be seeing this as a as a one-game thing where he is written into Cobbler's folklore now and a lot of people will be uncomfortable with putting Keith Cull in that kind of position. But this is this is one of the best performances we've ever seen, honestly, in my lifetime. Um, and it can be compared to a lot of the greatest nights. It's not quite up there with Bristol Rovers because of certain things we talked about last night. But I, I do think he deserves a whole lot of credit and to be to have that place in our history now for masterminding that. And I think Chester's right. It did give us that impetus being 2-0 down. It gave it gave us more of an impetus to actually just go all balls out to, to go and win it. There, there was nothing to lose. But for him to get that reaction, it's it was incredible. It just, I'm, I'm still in shock. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that I love, actually, and I know that this will be um, a little bit controversial in a way, but I, I love how cool and calm yeah. Keith Curl was in the, you know, the days in between the first and second leg, um, because he was just very much down to business, wasn't he? You saw in his pre-match interviews with Sky, he basically just said, look, we, we've got to win. Um, it's not over. He was very much just, this is business. And it's, you know, yes, we're 2-0 down, but we know as a club this season how fragile a 2-0 lead can be. Um, you know, this tie isn't over. There's still one half of it to go. And we're going to do everything we can to to win it. And 
in comparison to, I'm not comparing him directly to Michael Duff. I'm just saying in comparison to other managers, he is very, very um, level-headed, isn't he? Almost level-headed. I was going to say monotone in a way, yeah. not in not in the way that he actually talks, but you know, in his thinking mm. and in the way that he puts his points out. Mm. We've all said, Cobblers fans since he joined us. It's the same sound bites all the time from him, more or less. And that gets on people's nerves. But actually, in a way, I think that's because Curl obviously just wants to, he does his business on the training ground. He's not bothered about, you know, he goes out there and does the media stuff because it's his job, part of his job, but that's not the important bit of his job. Um, And of course, what did people want him to do after that first leg? Did people want him to come out and just say, oh, well, we've cocked it up and, you know, these players, you know, do a Dean Austin and basically say these players aren't good enough, they're rubbish. Um, we've seen before that that doesn't always work. So him actually just going and saying, look, it's only half time, blah, 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 I thought was really, really good. Would I be saying that if we'd have, you know, lost last night? I don't know. I, I don't think I'd have even. I, I don't think it would even be registering on my list of things to talk about. But for some reason, that that has really stuck with me. How cool, how calm he was in the what four days in between the games. I I think um, it's it comes down to that that club thing that we've had for a few years, isn't it? I know when Kelvin Thomas took over into. In 2016, he said, "Under promise and over deliver." If that mm. makes sense, and that's that's quite a key thing that I think the club have not really lost sight of, um, mainly because we've struggled, but but also because we haven't let ourselves get ahead of the game or get ahead of ourselves and be in these dizzy heights and think we're going to win leagues left, right, and centre. We knew what we were getting when we recruited Keith Curl, and I think it was a really good bit of recruitment because he knew the leagues and he knew how to handle the, the club and the way it was at that stage and, and regardless of whether fans like him or not he is proven to be successful in that area we needed stability and we needed the ability to to stabilize the club at a really tr- tricky time and we did that and he did that and the thing with him and and his that expectation that you talk about Charles it's that he is a realist. He tells it like he is. And he knows from experience how to keep the fans just bubbling away. Not not to make some really unrealistic thing like come out and do a Gary Johnson and say, we're going to win 5-0 or whatever. Because it's just not going to happen, is it? It's not realistic. He's just under Gary he Johnson. Said, you know, this not- isn't Ole. Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> nothing's possible with Gary Johnson, but do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's not one of these big characters. But like you said, he... he does the job and and actually I really couldn't care less uh, what sort of person or what sort of media man Keith Curl is I care about what he brings to my football club and I care about the fact that my players for my team wear the shirt with pride and we haven't had that for four years. I I think the issue for a lot of people is that you know, everybody's the same. You know, the results and the performances are what matter. It's not about the um, uh, the way that you can you do the media. But 
as we, you know, as we all know, we all t- still say things like we go again. And at the end of the day, we're taking the piss out of Rob Page. You know, that that is what we're doing. We're, we're taking the mick. Um, so the way that a manager is and appears and, and puts himself out there in the media will always be something that football fans will actually gauge them and, and form an opinion around. Look, I don't want to keep going on about Keith Curl uh, in this respect. I um, do, because he's a legend. I, I love him. <laughs> well, we've got to talk about the actual game, Chessie. I and mean, it's not, and it's not finished yet. I love the fact, well, I love the fact that through the whole build-up, he kept saying, we all know 2 nils are a difficult lead to defend, don't yeah, we, lads? Funny that. <laughs> funny, Keith. I wonder why. Well, Danny, I asked Jesse before about, um, you know, whether there was a particular player that stood out for her. Was, was there one for you? Uh, yeah, Callum Moore and just honestly one of the best perform- individual performances I've ever seen. I think it, I, I am going that high on that. He just didn't stop from start to finish. He was constantly, even, even if he didn't score the goals, he'd be standing out for me. But I honestly think he's going to be a star. He's got everything about him that's going to make it. But I, I think he people underestimate him because of his build sometimes um that he's not particularly strong but he is he's actually he's got that power as well and that strength and he's got this pace is ridiculous like he was in the 70th minute just going from chasing lost causes that then turned into a chance he's he's got everything in his locker at 20 and uh and honestly if we go up i would like to sign him if we stay down we won't because he'll be playing at least league one next season i'm absolutely sure of it and I just think that was one heck of a performance I mean Ginger Pele what more do, what more do you need to say yeah that, that's his new name isn't it we it have is. to call him that now <laughs> I, I just think that there were so many players that that stood out I, I'm in agreement I, I want to make um, special mention for Verdane yeah. oh Verdane oh Verdane what a legend <laughs> he didn't he didn't lose as I think Chessie you said earlier he didn't lose a header he didn't lose can, a battle in the can air can I just he interject didn't... with that though that yeah. the header that he lost I think it was a free kick because I he I don't care what I don't care what, what header he lost <laughs> no no but what I'm saying is he <laughs> my, wouldn't my point he, is, is he wouldn't he... have lost it if it was fair does that make sense <laughs> No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but from the start, he he won the headers straight away, and from that yeah. moment, the defenders yeah. were absolutely scared of him. And yeah. he, he's put his intentions. The, the thing that I don't get is is how he how he was a different player. It was the addition of Hoskins. It was Hoskins. I'm sorry, rubbish. I know. I, rubbish. No, I know people <laughs> say it, but it was because the shape. Hoskins was totally- didn't. Hoskins didn't make him win a header. No, I'm not saying Hoskins that. Hoskins didn't I'm make him jump that. higher. But having him there gave him the confidence earlier. to nod it down. No, I'm not saying that, but the, <laughs> the shape and the way they were set up was totally... The formation was totally different with Hoskins in there. The sheer presence of Sam Hoskins will make anyone play like that. <laughs> also, <laughs> can we just shout out Neil, since he's not here, for absolutely no, slaughter- here. slaughtering me for saying that you shouldn't drop Oli Inka and you should drop McCormack instead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look what happened. <laughs> yeah fair enough humble pie uh, the, Neil. humble pie the other player that i want to make a, a mention or give a mention to is michael harriman oh, um, yes what a man because he just didn't stop harrying um, <laughs> pushing harrying uh, yeah harrying harriman um yeah he didn't stop and he he's a really good defender and he I think that's the first time this season that I've seen him actually, you know, 
having command of the entire wing, if that makes sense. So didn't matter whether he was at the back or whether he's at the top of the pitch in an attacking sense. He was in control of that entire right-hand side. Um, the thing that I didn't quite understand, did I, I saw Nicky Adams moved about from left to right an awful lot. Was he switching with Harriman? Or was Nicky just actually being, you know, kind of, I'm just going to go wherever I can get the ball? I think I think we bossed that midfield so much that we physically could have gone anywhere and done anything and it would have scared Cheltenham. So I think Nicky just <clears throat> played almost to the style that he used to play in 2016 because he had, we had so much freedom on the ball. We said something like 5% of the play was, was Cheltenham's end. So actually we bossed it all night and I think that gave Nicky the freedom and he, he kind of just run, run riot. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I will say that I think that there were times when I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Because yeah, I just I kept thinking, in a minute, in a minute, Cheltenham are going to get back into this. And they just didn't. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, normally in a match, Danny, you're, you know, you'll have spells when you're on top. It might be five or ten minutes. But then the opposition will then have a spell. That just never really came no, for Cheltenham, did it? didn't at all. Like, you, and you always say, oh, we want to score while we're on top. And we're on top a lot. We did score. Then you go, well, we need to score again before half time. But because the... The halftime might change it. The drinks break might change it, but nothing changed the momentum at all. And I, if I was watching as a neutral, I'd be thinking, yeah, they've got it. They've got this game. But obviously, as a Cobblers fan, you're thinking, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, was it, who was it at the end? Or was it, um, was it Martin at the end? He's just 96th yeah. minute. It's just instead of hoofing the ball down the pitch, yeah, he's he and booted it, it, booted oh. it into the car yeah. park, and you're like, oh, you just giving Bentoza another long road to yeah. launch. Yeah, in. that's what I was just yeah. thinking. <laughs> oh, but, um, but I think I think I think it's really important to point out as well because we're sitting here saying, you know, Cheltenham were never really in it. They were not at all. Um, we had that very small window um, of pressure at the very end where that ridiculous seven minutes came. I don't know where it came from, but it was ridiculous. But it's really important to point out that one, and most importantly, our defence dealt with that pressure really well. But secondly, in terms of Cheltenham's play, it wasn't thought through. It was panicked. Mm-hmm. It was it was rapid. It was There was no thought to the pressure. It was you know, get it in the penalty area and just hope for the best. Whereas everything that we did was thought and measured. And that was the big difference. Are you, are you not, is that not just exactly what we were doing in the first leg? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was complete role reversal. Mm. Cheltenham had a game plan in the first leg and it played well, played out for them and it, and they did it to a T and we resorted to Charlie Good, basically launching it into the box at every single opportunity. Mm. But never going, you know, it was always aimless. It was, you know, okay, you're aiming for the, the box, but that that was it. That was essentially what was happening for Cheltenham this time around. I think the only time when I got a little bit worried was when a die came on and he definitely had the better down the left-hand side. I can't remember whether, did Nicky come off after a die had come on to the pitch and we were replaced so. by Joe Martin? Yeah, so. It's all a blur. 
it definitely was a case of you know Nicky Nicky's Nicky had left his blinking spleen out on the pitch. <laughs> he was he was gone. You know there was there was no way you you turn around and ask Nicky Adams to go and do a warm down. He'd have been like that, going fingers up in the air and just going, just give me a cocktail, boss. I'm not moving. I can't. Give me an ice pack and a margarita, and that's me done. <laughs> But I mean, the the fact was that you know Joe Martin came on, and I did. There was a bit of me that went, oh, but he did all right against a die, and you know, he didn't nullify him completely, but he did shore it up because at the end of the day, Nicky Adams wasn't going to be able to do anything to stop a die running past him on the basis that Nicky was knackered. I think um, you're very right in what you say about Martin, but but that also rings true for the Oli Inca sub. Oli Inka obviously is a really young player. He's a brilliant player, but he came in and, and, you know, we weren't under any pressure at all. But the mentality starts to creep in, doesn't it? That they know they've not got long left. And he came on at a very pivotal time in the match. And although he didn't have complete control, he did handle it very well because what he did was play off the other players who had really relaxed into the game. So I think that's what happened with Oli Inka and Martin as well. I think that actually the subs were, were pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I really would. So, on to Wembley. Wembers. Um, oh, God. I'm scared. Yeah, uh, we're not doing a preview or anything like that. It's it's too far ahead. But, you know, just initial reactions. We're, we're, we're facing Exeter. We've, you know, we've, have we won one, lost one? Yeah. This no, one and drawn. Exeter? No, we beat them. One and drawn. Oh, we beat, so we beat them at home. Lost away. Yeah, we drew yeah, away. We, no, we lost oh, away, it? didn't we? But it, wasn't it that game, Chester? Oh, that no, you we had, lost. Yeah, we, you we were there, got Norovirus, yeah. <laughs> you were there. Got we lost. <laughs> you, hate, you, that, you, you actually came on the pod saying that it was the worst game you'd ever seen us play. <laughs> I had you, you were fuming. I, I can categorically say <laughs> I didn't because I had Norovirus and was hanging the next day. Do you not remember? I texted you no, all This said, was the game. That that was the game that you were fuming about. Yeah, because yeah, I got norovirus the next day. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> you were fuming about how bad we were. I yeah, but us, I wasn't on the pod. I was thinking by the commentary, we were all like, the commentary didn't make it sound too bad, and you were you were gone. <laughs> I was absolutely yeah. fuming. I was fuming. You were. But then the home game, oh, actually, dear. the home game we bossed it. Yeah, and Exeter quite a possession-based team and they pass it out from the back they do that thing where the defender gets the ball and they start passing it around and stuff and I I felt like we had a handle on them at home but yeah anything knows? is possible either, either way but you know I think we need to take it a little bit of a step at a time and just take it for what it is 24 hours after winning the semi-final we're at Wembley for the first time in a long time and actually from from a very cynical point of view I would like Northampton Town not to embarrass themselves at Wembley this yeah, time. Nice now, <laughs> if, honestly, if we lose 1-0 and play out our skins like we did last night, then I'm okay with that. Because if they leave everything on the pitch to the point that where they have nothing else to give and they're just simply not good enough, I'll take that. But we've got to play and we've got to play like we did last night. Because to earn respect and to earn that kind of appreciation from fans you have to show them there's nothing else you can do and if there's nothing else you can do apart from lose to Exeter then I'm okay with that because we're not good enough but 
if you're going to do that, you have to be exceptional and you have to play to your absolute limit. And that's all I ask of, of anyone in my team at, at Wembley. Just play everything you can. Walk off there with no legs if you have to, but do it and do it the best you can. And if we lose, we lose. There's nothing we can do. But you have to play as if your life depends on it at Wembley. Do you know, all, all that I'm bothered about right now is the fact that we managed to overturn a 2 0 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> defeat and, and we won 3 0 to go through 3 2 on aggregate. I am so happy. I'm Amazing. so tired. I'm so hungover. <laughs> I mean, it was. Can I just. It was just, to just mention, one of the best days ever. Well, while we're going back to that quickly, can I just mention Chris? Um, uh, this was a guy on Twitter yeah. who I think is. Um, I think it was Sarah who tweeted out, um, this is Chris yeah. from the multi-disabled team. Um, he's deaf and he's got cerebral palsy, but the video of him celebrating was like us tearing up, literally, because that's that's football in a minute, and that's what it means to people. And I think we were all in a similar position last night, just jumping around, like leaping on the floor and everything. It's just, and that, that video just summed everything up to me. Yeah, it, it certainly does. It was an absolute amazing Amazing. I mean, I think I think when we scored the third, I went live on on Twitter. Just <laughs> yeah. accidentally pressed. Yeah, you pressed did. I saw that. It was upside down. I just, I just kind of went. Just kind of went. Rah, doing this <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound kind of thing, and just started jumping up and down and and screaming. Uh, I wasn't meaning to do that at all. I think I was actually meaning to come onto our WhatsApp group and do it. But <laughs> you know, Twitter it was, um, and exactly the same thing again happened at full time and. I, just the, that that feeling that football can give you, and that you know, no, you'll you'll not get that feeling from any other club other than your own. Yeah, that's the thing. You can watch, I don't know, Liverpool win the Champions League. You can watch uh, Man City win the Premier League for the first time. You know, back uh, what was that, sort of seven years ago or something, or whatever it was you know, great occasions and big occasions in, you know, English football, but you don't get the same feeling unless it's your team. That's the only time that you will get something like that. And it was just bloody marvellous. I think think it's it's so important as well to note the sort of, you know, world we're living in at the moment, which we highlight quite a lot. But what you have to remember, and I, I... talked about this the other day actually on my my twitter feed and football especially as a sport gets a lot of flack and has done for many many years and we've been without it now as fans for four months but what people who don't follow football and don't feel like we feel about our clubs don't realize is that there are some people out there that football is the only lifeline they have in their lives and that joy that football gives people is never matched and the feeling that we had last night and we're feeling today is something that might lift somebody that really really needs it and that's so important so sport gets a a real bad name especially football as well so it's very important yeah I, I agree with that right the only thing that I think we've really got left that I wanted to mention anyway was I wanted to say um a big a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, um, especially to Craig West. Yes. Who, after being a little bit bullied last night on the <laughs> Facebook Live, 
did indeed up his pledge on Patreon. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. That's, it might have been uh, during uh, the night that it was. <laughs> it might have been something. <laughs> it was one of the. Room. It might have been what on my fifth gin or something like that, and I just <laughs> turned around and just went, "Come on." Craig, you should be upping your offer, <laughs> upping your pledge or whatever. And he, and he has done, in fairness to him. Um, look, um, you know, we've done all of this because it's been absolutely, you know, great. It's been really fun doing it. But, um, you know, all of us have got day jobs that we've had to make some form of sacrifice for over the last couple of, well, weeks, I suppose, um, with, with regards to doing the pod. And doing all the live stuff, so this this now sounds like a, a Bob Geldof, you know, <laughs> thing, um, <laughs> charity campaign now, but it's not. I'm just trying to say that you know it, it's great, and we love doing it, and we love the fact that you have listened to the pod or you've tuned in and watched this on either the Zoom um, pre-match build-up to leg one. We're never doing Zoom again, by the way, because we lost, so it was clearly Zoom's fault, um, and. <laughs> the Facebook ones that that were just we thought went really well and went a lot better. We had a lot more interaction um, with you guys watching, so thank you for the, supporting us with that. Um, if you think that it's worth giving one pound fifty minimum, I think that's what two dollars is worth these days. If you think it's it's worth one pound fifty a month, then then please go and have a look at our Patreon. You'll find all the information about it over on our website, cobblerstome.com forward slash Patreon. And, you know, you'd just be helping support us to continue doing more of these events. And, you know, hopefully we'll then be able to bring you more sort of stuff. And if you do sign up, then you'll get lots of extra content as well. Um, so thank you very much uh, if you can go and do that. That is that's marvellous. Before we go, is this is this a very apt time to point out that when we did the wonderful Patreon Q&A with Nicky Adams he sat and went oh Cheltenham's a dreadful place to go yes <laughs> he did <laughs> you're right he did so See, if you want content like that yeah I mean we want content like that it's going to be worth it to watch the Ryan Crest uh, Ryan Crest will <laughs> oh, Jason Taylor video that, right? I mean, that's coming up that in the next few weeks yeah. that's going to be worth the entrance fee alone <laughs> oh yeah you know, I mean, and any anybody that's waiting for that pod by the way to drop <laughs> anybody that's waiting for ryan cresswell and, and and jason taylor's podcast interview um you're gonna have to wait at least another week i'm afraid um, and i tell you what it it's worth every minute after the end of the season it's after the end of the season minute. it will be out we're not we're not gonna release it until the season's over for for the cobblers but it's well worth it we're gonna be on facebook live before um, the final round in some form or another. Yes, yeah. So yeah. do stay tuned for that. Thanks, Keith Curl, and uh, thanks, Cobbler's Squad. You utter legends. Yeah, this is this is for everyone at the club. I think this this whole yeah. this whole night's for everyone at the clubs that's been working these last few months. Ticket office, yeah. club staff, people yeah. in the office. It, it, it's not just people on the pitch, and you can tell we're a united club. And this is this is for everyone and all of us. So enjoy this week. Just don't start complaining or analysing Exeter. Let's just enjoy it. Thank you very much for joining us. It's All Cobblers to Me is a Vibrant Sound Media production. I mean, I can't... There's nothing else to say apart from we're going to bloody Wembley. Wembley, come on. Bye, Ash. 
Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.